Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Macaw Podcast, Podcast Universe. Universe. It's the podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say... Sequels are never better than the originals. And you heard us last week. We talked about Batman. And this week, we're talking about Batman again. Batman Returns. Yes. Why'd you say Batman again? Because that's Batman's not the title in all the, the movies? That's not the title of the movie. Well, I was just saying Batman. We're well, it's about- just funny that you say... Uh, the, the title is two words, uh-huh. and you don't use one of them uh-huh. when you're saying what movie we're talking about this week. Yes. Does that? Do you understand how that's confusing for me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the here's the thing, folks. We moved, and if you listen to our last episode, we you could probably hear. Wow, they're in a different room, and hopefully, you just thought that was exciting. But right now, we are currently in what we were hoping to be the room where we would just have our microphone set up all the time and it would be easy setup, no worries. And we have a blanket draped over our heads and it looks like we're camping and uh, a blanket's kind a of... A blanket that smells weird. So I had to light a candle. It's under the blanket. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so um, boy, this is a great time to plug our Patreon because we need some soundproofing <laughs> in this room. So patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. And uh, hopefully, hopefully after the last episode, maybe we got some uh, screw it. We're just going to talk about comics fans jumping mm-hmm. in. So welcome to the podcast. Um, let's dive right in. Okay. Let's talk about the first time we watched this movie. Okay. You go first. Oh, okay. It was a year or two ago when Blank Check was going through Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. And I saw this movie finally for the first time. Most definitely saw some of it as a kid on TV, but that was my first time. And this movie's bananas. It is bananas. The The thing I said last night is I said, I think that Batman 1, just Batman, is like Tim Burton directed a Batman movie. And then this movie is like Batman happens to be in a Tim Burton movie. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, the first time I saw this, I think, so we would have just watched the first movie um, whenever I saw that as a kid, you know, rented or whatever. Okay. And then You saw this as a kid, though, and your parents approved of it? Well, and then at some point, uh, shortly thereafter, we watched Batman Returns, my dad and I, I'm sure. That is so, if you were a kid, that's just wild to me. Yeah. That, it, that's it, wild. No, it's, it's very, very Especially weird. Especially, like, with your childhood. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally watched it when I was a kid, though, and I loved it. Yeah. And then the second time I saw it was when we watched it together. Uh-huh. And then the third time was last night. So I've only seen this movie three times, and I have bounced around so much on what I f- think about this movie. Because the yeah. first time I loved it, the second time I didn't really like it. Yeah. And this third time I'm like, I th- I like it? Okay. I don't love it. And I think the first movie's like... I don't even think the the people who are arguing Batman Returns is better. I don't e- even understand that opinion. Yeah. Um. But it's it's I think it's just cool because it's so balls to the walls and it's so um it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And I I gotta respect and love a movie that just goes. Yeah, you gotta. We're going crazy. You got some crazy characters that are hard not to love, but then you have a story that's just kind of blah to me. Right. I, it, it's just a little. It's very convoluted, and there's so little Batman. There is so little Batman. It is weird. It's yeah. weird how little Batman there is because, yeah. I mean, a lot of sequels, um, you know, when they go to the second movie, they, they leave the story behind, and they just focus on, like, the action. Uh-huh. And this movie almost has, like, too much story and not enough action or something. Yeah, I think this movie has, like, too many characters, too. But, I mean, like, comic books are just riddled with characters. So, I mean, whatever. But, geez, this movie's got a lot going on. It's got a lot going on. So, let's let's dive right into it. Um, It's directed by Tim Burton. And this will be the last of the Batman movies to be directed by him. Um, as, As, I mean... Not to say everything right out front, but Warner Brothers got thousands of letters from parents after this movie, and they pretty much pushed Tim Burton out of making future really? movies. Okay, wait. Have we covered Tim Burton before? Last week, I Yeah, think. I know, but other than that? Uh, oh, no, no, no. I don't so think... We, have, we didn't really get the chance to dive into Burton. Well, yeah, so at, up to this point, 
he would have done. Um, so he did PB's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. Then he did Love It, Beetlejuice. Love It. Then he did Batman. Love It. Then Edward Scissorhands. Love It. And then Batman Returns. Uh-huh. So that's where we're at with Burton. I think yes. shortly after. I think. I think. Isn't Ed Wood pretty close to this as well? That, that sounds right. Yeah. Love it. Ed Wood is a great movie. It is. It's a great movie. I love that movie. Depp's best performance. It's great. Um, yeah, do you have any more that you well, want to contribute about him? Well, he's such a big him? guy not to to spend a a moment on his career. I don't know. Like he he's one of the biggest influences in my life as an artist. My art doesn't look anything like his, but Yeah. Growing up as a kid, I, 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 when I was very young, I saw Nightmare Before Christmas and never knew what it was. And years and years and years went by. And I was just like, what is this movie where this guy and this girl are on top of a hill and the moon is behind them? Right. It took me years. And then I, I kept, I would just rent movies from Blockbuster thinking that that's the one. Uh-huh. And finally I rented the right one. The world is in harmony again. When I when I found that, and that's when I was like, okay, this Tim Burton guy. Yeah. But um, yeah, he he's just one of the most interesting filmmakers to me because it really feels like Disney gave him the keys to the kingdom, right out of the gate. And yeah. it's very odd to me that they would. Well, and something you and I have talked a lot because we talk about Burton all the time off the off mic, folks. We've spent hours talking it's about Tim Burton. It's a big macaw conversation piece. <laughs> Because he's he's a very interesting person because he is so creative and he is so out there, but he um he is so mainstream yeah and he's he has been I you know I think his movies all have this air of like I'm an outsider and nobody understands me but the funny thing about Burton is like yes you're an outsider and nobody understands you but after Batman like everyone understands you and you're one of like thousands, maybe even millions of people's favorite directors. So yeah. you're not really oh, and I want an to outsider anymore. Yes. I want to clarify. I know he didn't direct Nightmare for Christmas. So no one tell me that. Yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah. But it is his movie. But yeah, I I think I I agree with you with that. It is he I think he is was the voice of the outsider. Because yeah. his his gr- childhood, teenage years, and adult life was he was the nerd, and nerd was not cool at the time that he was a nerd, and he liked weird, gothic, dark things. But it's like the world was ready for him when he was ready to to start making things professionally, right? Rather than him struggle for a really long time. I mean, I know he's a hard worker. We're not saying that, but like. The, the, his big his biggest bombs are movies where they let him do anything he wants. Yeah, which is funny because he's one of the most unique voices in anything he does. Right. But like he makes some big stinkers. Yes. And it's it's like you got to do the M Night thing and get a second mortgage on your home to make glass. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. It's just it's just so fascinating to me. It's it's really wild. Yeah, I mean, I think although he did do Big Eyes, which was a low budget movie, I do think that we, people need to. I mean, Disney needs to stop being like, "Here's two hundred million dollars to make Dumbo or something." Yeah, like, I, no, I know, no more of those. It's interesting too because this Batman's. A, you know, we've talked about it last week too. Like this started. This is like the template for like most superhero things now. Yeah, because this is a long. This movie's old, and. So he is a franchise guy. Like, he started the franchise thing, but it's almost like, stop giving him franchises. (laughs) Don't give him live-action Dumbo. Don't give him his Peregrines. Like, I mean, it makes sense. It really does make sense that he would direct them. It does. It does, yeah. But it's like... It's it's enough is enough. (laughs) It it kind of is. And it's just like... uh, It's so weird. I I think about it. I spend so much of my life thinking about it. Yeah. Well, it's... I mean, I just feel like it's still that narrative of, like, he is the outsider, and I just don't think he is. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It would almost be interesting if he made a movie that was about someone who is no longer the outsider that wants to still be one or something, you know? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Because um, I I think there's almost, like, an identity crisis in his work nowadays. Um, but well, he's, yeah. having said that, though, for those of you who might think we are, like, oh, we only, like, pre-2005 Burton or something like that. That's not true. I actually found when we went through his filmography that for the most part, I like almost mm-hmm. all of his movies. Um, 
I do. I mean, Alice in Wonderland is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I hate it with a passion. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, and Dark Shadows is a big, big woof. Yeah. But most of the other movies I could still watch. Yeah. Definitely. And Frank and Weenie, and this is not a popular opinion. That's my favorite Burton movie. Yeah. And that movie is 2012, so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty recent. And yeah. I love love that movie so much. Well, that that movie part of it's so good. One, this guy needs to do so much more stop motion, please. That's uh, like yes. my <laughs> my open letter to Tim Burton. But also, he that 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 move that story is probably like his maximum opus of a story. Yeah. As in his career because you know if you look up anything tim burton like he's always wanted to make the the frankenstein kid movie version yeah so that's why i think that movie is so it feels so special because he like finally got to make it yeah you know yeah so because i I love that movie too i think it's great and so good but i was gonna say something else about him well yeah He's, I don't know. he's interesting, and I mean, I will always from oh. from here on out, I will always buy a ticket to one of his movies and go see it just to see what it is. You know, I'm gonna do that every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I think I was just gonna say it reminded me of when we were watching a lot of M Night at one point because you and I were like, we need to find out if he's good, if he's actually bad because because that's the na- that was the narrative that was the narrative. At the time and we did I that. think we had seen Split, so it's like okay, we got to go down the M Night Road a little yeah. bit because Split was nuts. And then we were, it was a lot of rewatching for yeah. us, and we're like, no, he's great. He's always been great. He just has some stinkers. Yeah, and and the stinkers are like a period of time, uh-huh. but it's it was still we found that actually like in hindsight, some of his movies like Lady in the Water um, and The Village that have kind of got a bad rap are actually pretty good mm-hmm. i mean the lady in the water i think you can argue that's a bad movie and i'd but accept I love it that because he made it all up like but, he's but not I basing like it. it on anything yeah, yeah i'm sorry yeah. i'm cutting um, off but but the village is like i think people need to oh, and i think I people are movie. coming around to that movie yeah. again because it's actually really cool and really good it has issues but who makes a perfect movie Nobody. I know. So it, I just I think after going through some of his stuff and then thinking about Tim Burton so much, they just have very similar careers to me. They do, yeah. In that way, well, especially with the public perception of them. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And they're both outsiders, no matter what. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, and uh, so let's talk about the screenplay. <laughs> the screenplay is by Daniel Waters, and that is different than Batman. Um, and then the story is by Daniel Waters and Sam Hamm. So Sam Hamm, uh, we talked about last week a little bit. He did the screenplay for Batman, and he had a script, and Burton was like, I'm not digging this too much. So he gives it to Daniel Waters, who wrote Heathers, and he really liked, oh, Burton really liked Heathers. That, so Okay. So he was like, let's get your take on this. Okay. And then he kind of, you know, edited it. Cool. And, and changed a lot. Changed okay. a lot. Okay. Um, the cinematography is by Steven Szapski, who did a famously amazing bad movie that you gotta watch, Vampire's Kiss, starring Nicolas Cage. Um, he also did Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, and he did Blades of Glory. Hmm. So, very good cinematographer. And again, folks, if you walk away from anything from this episode, let it be, watch Vampire's Kiss on a night when you wanna watch a crazy movie. Yes. Uh, the movie comes out June 19th, 1992. It, so it was a summer movie. Okay. Uh, it had a budget of $80 million and domestically it makes 162.8 million and worldwide it makes 266.8. So it almost makes half as much as Batman. Interesting. Or it makes a little over, like it makes like 60% of what Batman made. Yeah. So, So it didn't make more, which is what you would want. Yeah, and the opening weekend was huge. Hmm. So I think a lot of it word, was of, word, of word of mouth. mouth. Yep, yeah. yep. And and a lot of reviewers were not like crazy about it. Okay. Um, and I think you did have all of a sudden you have like this family element of the movie that you you know you threw out the window when yeah. Catwoman started licking herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Harvey Dent was in earlier drafts of the movie, and he would have been the one who got disfigured in the movie by the taser kiss at the end of the movie and turned Ah, into Two-Face. Okay. Um, Max Shrek was going to be 
the golden boy brother of Penguin. So later in the movie, Penguin was going to find out that Max oh, Shrek was his brother. Interesting. Whom his parents always loved. Yes. And yet they rejected Penguin. I like that. Which I think may have tied together the movie a little bit so. more. Um, it said Penguin's just a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's interesting too. Yeah. Um, so Penguin, I just wanted to know his origin in the comics is not this origin. So it's oh, a okay. pretty different origin it sounds like in the comics i think i think he grows up fatherless um and he like really loves his mom and his mom eventually dies and he's like always studying birds and eventually becomes the crime boss the penguin simple as that so you know and and it does make sense you can see burton being really attracted to like here's this really strange disfigured person Mm -hmm. and then we also have this woman who's like you know in a man's world Mm -hmm. and she's gonna like claim her identity and so you have these two like outsiders and then you have Batman who at the core of it is kind of a psychotic character mm-hmm. and let's put them all in a stew and have this movie about three people who at the end of the day are kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense to me. Um, Keaton was paid $10 million for this movie and Michelle Pfeiffer was paid $3 million with a percentage of the box office. Interesting. So, um, good on her. Yeah. And and I'm glad she got paid several million because she had to be covered in talcum powder to oh, squeeze bet. into the costume. I think that 3 million is I'm glad that she got per- points because that's not enough <laughs> for how much she was in the movie. Well, and when I when I finished telling you all the things she went through with the costume, it is insane that her perform like she's this lively in the movie because yeah. I would just be like, "Oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to do it." And so much pain. I have a rash all over my body. Yeah. Um. So, it was brushed in liquid silicone, silicone in every take to give it a shine. Um. The suit, and she would have to wear she. Well, she might have to wear the suit for twelve to fourteen hours at a time, except lunch breaks. When it was removed, which was her only opportunity to use the bathroom. No! Uh, and there were 60 latex cat suits um, for the six-month shoot, and they all cost $1,000 <gasps> each. So $60,000 in the cat suit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, now let's talk about some Penguin action. Because this penguin? movie... Penguin? action. So this movie has... Um, it has a mixture of some like I think there's some CG penguins in the background. Yeah, and probably swimming um, in the water during there, those scenes. There are real penguins. Shut it. And then there are animatronic penguins. Yeah. At the end of the movie, there are these emperor penguins who transfer penguin into the water. Yeah. The the character penguin, and those are we were correct in our guess. They are little people in penguin suits. Okay. Um, which is kind of amazing. Impressive. It looks yeah. so good. Um, and so here is a quote on the flight over. This is this is about the penguins. So when they were getting the penguins, why do you say it like that? What am I saying? Penguins. Penguins. Penguin. Penguins. Anyway, hmm. I've um, never heard it said like that. Maybe penguins. it's me. Anyway, um, on the flight over, the plane was refrigerated down to forty-five degrees. In Hollywood, they were given a refrigerated trailer, their own swimming pool. Half of half a ton of ice each day, and they had fresh fresh fish delivered daily straight from the docks. Even though it was a hundred degrees outside, the entire set was refrigerated down to thirty-five degrees. This is such an expensive movie. So now think you're in a leather suit and talcum powder, and it's thirty-five degrees. At least, well, yeah, but would you rather be cold when you can, like, in between takes, maybe throw something over you? Or be sweating profusely in a skin-tight suit. You bring up a good point. I would rather be cold. Yep, yep. Um, And so this movie was nominated for Best Visual Effects and Best Makeup. Yeah. Tracks. Love it. Um, Keaton asked that many of his lines get cut. Well, maybe that's our problem. (laughs) Why did he do that? Well, he, he just kept on being like, but the... Um, I think there was a lot more Batman lines where Batman's talking and he's going, the suit says it all. Like huh, me standing yeah. there says it all, which is an interesting approach. Um, and maybe if we saw the script, we'd be like, yeah, Batman talks way too much. Hmm. Um, and I think there was some Bruce Wayne stuff where he's like, I think he just wanted to sit in the melodrama of the movie and just try and act with his face. <laughs> well, he tries. He does it. I got. I think I might be disagreeing with you okay. when we get there. Okay. So I'm excited about that. Um, 
the bird that flew in that Michelle Pfeiffer grabs mm-hmm. and puts in her mouth, um, that's all real. Shut <laughs> up. How is that okay? I don't know. And it really PETA, flew out. And no one from PETA has still seen it. No one's well, seen it. Um, Burton said there was like a a few years ago there was like a 25 year retro, retrospect yeah. on the movie and Burton said like a lot of people still think that that's a CG shot but he said she just did it and then Michelle Pfeiffer said I I did it before I thought about how I could probably get like a disease or something <laughs> I mean that you'd have to just do it and she's just holding it in her mouth that's wild <laughs> yeah she did so much for this movie and she only got paid three million dollars she put a bird in her mouth. She owes. She's. She should have made more money than that. That 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 doesn't track for me though. Like she's new to the series, and um, she's also the girl, the only girl character. Yeah, and she gets paid three million dollars. But I think three million is a lot. I of hope money, she ended up with like time. twelve million with all the percentage. Probably yeah. not because the movie didn't do. I don't I know. Mean, it, I, I profited, but it tracks to me, especially because um, I can't remember who it was, but someone else was cast as Catwoman already. And then she came on late to the project because that person got pregnant. I can't remember. That it's a it's a famous sucks. actress. That's crazy. I mean, like like there's you can't even fake being pregnant in this. With no, what, what you had to wear. Yeah. <laughs> no. So it's kind of like, um, and I don't know where she was in her career. I don't know a lot about Michelle Pfeiffer, but uh-huh. um, that that I mean, three million. That's I'd do it. I'd do it for three million. I'd get in that latex suit. <laughs> I guess I'm just curious. Go ahead. Um, and so. Uh, Yes, I already told you that Warner Brothers received thousands of letters saying that the movie was too scary for children, and that leads to what we'll talk about next week, um, Batman Forever being a much more tame movie um, and cartoony and family fun. And then I have this quote from Roger Ebert, Jordan. I'm listening. And I want to know if you agree with this, because I thought this was really interesting. He said, quote, I give this movie a negative review, and yet I don't think it's a bad movie. It's more misguided, made with great creativity, but denying us what we more or less deserve from a Batman story. No matter how hard you try, superheroes and film noir don't go together. The very essence of noir is that there are no more heroes. Which So is he just not a fan of Batman at all? Because that's kind of his thing. It is his thing. Do you agree with that, though? That- I, I agree with everything up until the noir thing. I think it's so... I love the idea of a superhero being like like taking place in a noir genre because i do think it is interesting that that genre implies that there are no more heroes like everyone's just like hardened by the world yeah and that's when we need the dark knight so i think that's like what nolan does like like that's his whole thesis and he does really well with that yeah when it feels like there is no more hope but other than that i I agree agree with with it yeah i'm still hoping and waiting and and i i do hope this new matt reeves batman i really hope that it is um, I just want like a straight up detective Batman movie. And we have not been given that. Yeah. Um, we've gotten kind of cl- like, I feel like in dark Knight there's a fair amount of detecting he's doing, but it's not, you know, it's a byproduct. You're still more interested in the, I, I, I want to like watch a detective movie and feel the way I feel watching like Zodiac. <laughs> yeah. Zodiac, like Zodiac and knives out. And then add Batman. That's what I want uh-huh. to see in a in a Batman movie. Um, that would be just really interesting. Yeah. Or maybe. like the Long Halloween. I mean, remember that that's a great comic book, um, and it is it is a detective story where Batman's trying to figure out who this holiday killer is. I hardly remember anything from that. It's just really yeah. really cool. Yeah. So um, okay, you hit us with so the actors. Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, could have gotten more money. Okay. Um, she's been around since 1979. Uh, and you know, she's in a lot of TV to start off in her career, a lot, even TV movies, but then she's in Grease 2, which I know it's Grease 2. It's not Grease 1. I, I know, but then she's also in Scarface and then oh, she's yeah. in Into the Night, Lady Hawk, Sweet Liberty, The Witches of Eastwick. So that w- Married okay. to the Mob, Dangerous Light Liaison, Liaisons. Um, like she's in, like she's at, once you get to like. I don't know, 1988, like, she's on the cover of movies. Right. But, so, I, but I wonder if $3 million is normal. It's just because it, the way my research was I know was, she's not the lead. That, I, I know yeah. that. But, the, but the, what the research I was doing, it seemed like at the time, Keaton getting $10 million was, like, very notable. Like, that's a lot of money. And I'm not even saying, like, give her the same amount of money. Yeah. But it, it is kind of, it is like, 
it, it is just hard even in 1992 to think of like all the trouble she went through and all the money like just all of the stuff put into her and i know that she was a last mm. minute addition and all that so you do have to take that into account but she put she did so much physically demanding she was denied the bathroom for a whole <laughs> yeah, for yeah. like most of the day like i don't like is that enough money yeah i mean she was paid a little less than five percent of the total budget so yeah that's, and again i you know it's an interesting conversation yeah. to have yeah i i think so um, anyway i wonder how much devito was paid though because also he's sitting in the prosthetic chair for three four hours a day i know he should have i hope he got at least i guess three million if that's what she got um, he probably got more. He's daddy. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer is also in What Lies Beneath, Hairspray, French Exit, Maleficent, Avengers. Well, she's she's in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, yeah, that's Michelle Pfeiffer. She's in a crap ton of stuff. And uh, we've talked about her when we covered Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. But and we, then yeah. uh, we have not talked about Christopher Walken. No. <laughs> this is probably one of the quintessential Christopher Walken roles because I don't see anyone else besides Christopher Walken in this movie. Mm-hmm. Down like the way he he does he makes no effort to act in this movie, I have to say. No effort at all. Yeah. Oh, and I did forget to mention for the audience, Max Shrek, his character that he's playing is not in the comic books. He is originated in this movie. Which is interesting. Interesting choice. Uh-huh. Um, Christopher Walken is also in Hairspray, but he's also in Catch Me If You Can, The Deer Hunter, a movie Micah will never watch. Um, hey, tonight I watched a movie that you said you're never going to watch it. That's I'm true. down to like two that are left on that list. That's true. Um, he's also in Jersey Boys, Peter Pan, uh, Stand Up, Click, Seven Psychopaths, Click, Christopher Walken. And then. We have, let's just see, let's just see, let's just see. Oh, Doug Jones in this, is in this movie. He plays Thin Clown. Yeah, we, you notice him, he has some speaking roles, I think. Barely, but just cool. And if there's one actor we can all agree upon that we love, it's Doug Jones, sure. folks. Um, okay, and Danny DeVito, everyone, who I don't think we've covered. No. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your first experience with Danny DeVito? Uh, this movie. Okay. Yeah, this would be my first. For me, it would be Matilda, okay. and that movie made me cry. A uh, very traumatic movie. Very odd to me that that is a very popular children's thing. That might be a movie I'll never watch. I don't know. I don't Ju- know. When Julie I'd ever and I watch watched it. it in college because we were like, "Is this as traumatizing as we think it is?" It's pretty messed up. <laughs> I, but when I was a kid, anytime the parents, the parent characters, were made to like not care about the children, I was probably gonna cry. Yeah, because I yeah. hate that stuff. Um, but so Jordan hated every single kids movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just always like I'm like, but my mom like, what if you had parents like that? <laughs> so sad. <laughs> okay, but Danny DeVito, probably for a lot of people our age. I mean, well, I will just say he plays Frank, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, but but before this, it would be Taxi that he would have been. Yes, that put him really on the map. Yes. Let's, he's got like a hundred and oh, he's got so many credits. It's nuts. So he's Hun- in twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. He, he is, um, but taxi is where he's got to start. Yeah. He, I mean, he is one of the most, like the most iconic. And also I think if you were to look up like his celebrity net worth, even though those things aren't accurate, uh, he is like near the top of the pack. And he's also produced about like a thousand things. He's also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That would be another, yes. Um, Which they spoof and it's always sunny. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's so great. What I, so is it, is it true with it's always sunny? So they filmed a, they got through season one and then um, Danny DeVito just wanted to be in the show because he really liked it. I had heard that his kids saw the first season and told him you should be in the show. And it just seems like the gang were were like, okay. Well, why would you say no? And I think that's what they thought was, why would you say no to having Danny DeVito be a regular in your show? And now he's he been just, in like 13 or 14 seasons. He's been in every season besides the first season. Yeah. And, and it's wild because he is just hanging. He is having, you can tell he's having so much fun. <laughs> I, I mean, that show's so great because you can tell everyone's having so much fun. Well, and, and they're it's all married been, and it's all cute. Yeah. And it's been on so long that yeah. if anyone 
didn't want to be a part of it, they could have gotten out a long time ago. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's what I always think. Where it's like, yeah, Danny DeVito is he has to be like best friends with these people because he would he would have left at like season three if he didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, so that's Danny DeVito. <laughs> that must have just been so funny for any adult that like really loved Danny DeVito to wa- to watch like the first season of It's Always Sunny and then the next season starts and they're like, oh, he's guest starring in this and then kind of going, okay, he's in this full. Se- they're calling him Dad. Is he a cast member? What the heck? So crazy. I will just mention too that. Well, let's see who this is really quick. Okay. Okay. Um, Paul Rubens is in this movie. Who is Pee Wee? Yeah um lo- loved the cameo yeah good cameo so, so just that's it and then also the the woman who plays his wife is in peewee she's simone she i believe she plays the waitress when he's at that diner with the dinosaur and her her boyfriend comes and like wants to beat up beat up yeah. peewee good I movie lo- love peewee so good much movie. um you get a lot of good um rube goldberg action in that movie yes love it when i was a kid though i always i couldn't watch the clown scene because uh, they were scary <laughs> and they wrecked his bike that movie does have like one of the best like jokes of all time in it which is when he is at the bar and he he like spills a drink mm-hmm. on like a motorcycle guy or something and they're like we're gonna kill you we're gonna beat you up and then he goes wait i got an idea and he puts a song on the jukebox and you're thinking like like everything in you that has seen movies is just thinking Okay, he's gonna fight him, or he's gonna have some crazy speech or something, and he just dances to tequila, like the dumbest dance in the world, and then they just walk him outside, and they think he's a hero for <laughs> for doing this dance. Just da 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 da. I love it da, so da, much. Da. It's so. I mean, that's got to be like top twenty jokes yeah. ever in movies, right? Yeah. Like that's right up there with "I'll have what she's having." Okay, yeah. I, I mean, love it. it, it yeah, I remember doing the dance as a kid. It's so good. I, did, did you ever watch the show? No, the, I've only seen Pee-wee, like, the time we watched Pee-wee. That was your it. first and only time? That's the first experience with That's Pee-wee. That's crazy. the first time I saw the movie. When my mom worked out at Curves when I was a kid, uh, they on the TV, they would be playing Pee-wee, the show. Ah, and I would watch a Pee-wee's lot Playhouse. of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, I loved Pee Wee. Yeah, cool. Amy. <laughs> so, the movie begins. And we see a very fun Tim Burton intro where there's this baby that's born. And it kind of like. The doctor's running out of the room. The nurse is running out screaming. Yes, and it, and it, and there's a cage and, and it grabs a cat and eats it. This, like, child. And, and, and it's very. I mean. If you remember last week, I mentioned that this when I saw these Batman movies, it it was my first experience with superheroes, and it, I be, I created a character, you know, mm-hmm. like Mysterious Man. Well, this movie inspired Rat Man, who lives in the sewers and ah. ha- takes the form of a rat, which was just the Penguin. I just watched this movie and was like, but what if he was Rat Man? <laughs> I was just thinking of Ninja Turtles. Yes, because there's a rat character, and they all live in the sewer. But he's not a bad guy, right? No, no. Okay. He's he's the equivalent of Stick and Daredevil, the guy who trains Daredevil. Sure. Because I never knew this, but Ninja Turtles, because I never watched, I've yeah. never seen anything Ninja Turtles to yeah. this day. But Ninja Turtles is, is a, it started out as just a spoof joke, like, about Daredevil. What? Yeah. Why? So, so, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just very funny because uh, Daredevil, you know, he has acid spilled on him and he goes blind and then he becomes Daredevil. Yeah. And he's trained by a guy named Stick. Okay. Who trains him in martial arts. Well, the 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 joke that they like couldn't say because they weren't owned by Marvel, but the that that um that gas stuff that like toxic poison that hit Daredevil leaked into the sewers and got <laughs> and created these, the ninja turtles and created the ninja turtles and then they're uh, i think mushu i think is his name maybe who maybe not uh, well anyway the mushu stick is equivalent the dragon and mulan i thought never mind it's not mushu but then there's a rat who trains them oh the and, rat's name is like 
uh, well, I want to look it up before I say a word. Okay, but anyway, like every, at least at the beginning of Ninja Turtles, everything that they made was just like a spoof of Daredevil. So that's... Splinter. Splinter. Yeah. Not Mushu, not even close. But um, yeah, it's kind of funny because they've gotten so far past that. And the people who grew up with, there are people who've grown up with Ninja Turtles who didn't grow up with Daredevil that it's like people forget that that's what it came from. It's like a joke about. I do not know that that's hilarious. I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's pretty clever too. I like that. And it's a joke has made so much money. (laughs) I know. And it's made so many children happy. (laughs) So Penguin, he is thrown into like a little, uh, a river by his parents because he's too disfigured. And um, this is when the Moses allegory begins, because he's going down the river in a basket. Goes to the sewer. Yes. And, and, and he's like under the zoo, which uh-huh. is this, this old abandoned zoo. Which that it, penguins still live. <laughs> like actual yes, penguins yes. live in. And there's something really scary in movies, just having a location that is typically um, full of a lot of people and life, and then it's just not used it anymore. just feels so haunted yeah just and it just feels wrong mm-hmm. so it's a very cool location yeah um and then we get introduced to max shrek yeah he comes out of an outhouse with all-star playing and he no. starts oh wait. uh close though no but please Christopher walken's makeup is so bad i think he looks awful and he just acts terribly in this movie I I just I don't know I don't know what I'm expecting really honestly but he's not doing it I don't know I sort of love it okay but I I think it was just irritating to me it's weird it's yeah. very weird and it's very funny because they have his son um who's a character that doesn't need to be in this movie that no, could have not at cleared all. things up a little bit more yeah but his son does like a Christopher Walken accent to oh, make I it seem like he's his that. son. But he doesn't sound like Christopher Walken, so it it kind of sounds like he. It's very weird. Uh huh. It, it sounds so weird, and it's like, what is happening? Yeah. And so this Max Shrek fellow, he wants to build this power plant where he's gonna basically steal energy from Gotham City. He's greedy. He's greedy. But we're we're getting there. I think it's the day before Christmas or something like that, and they're lighting it's the Christmas tree lighting day. Lighting the Christmas tree, and then all of a sudden. This huge present comes out, and all of these, all these um, jokers come out, and they start. So, like circus freaks. Yes, is yes. I think what they would call them. Yes. Uh, because um, Penguin was raised in the circus. Yeah. Um, but or really, he's raised in the zoo. I don't know how the circus well, has anything to do with it. Well, Bruce is doing is investigating Oswald. He finds he's going through newspapers, and there's like headlines about. Uh, Oh, that. yes, you're right. You're so right. So he does get raised by the circus. Mm-hmm. Um because he, you know, he's a what you would call a circus freak. Um <laughs> but I, I just don't think that's appropriate anymore. Oh to say that. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But so yeah, so the all these clowns come out. They're having so much fun. I love the skeleton head ones. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. They're with those buggy eyes are fun. Um and there, I, I, I will always love ways to disguise machine guns and things. So this guy's got like <laughs> yeah, an accordion yeah, yeah. and it's really a machine gun. Fun. So you must love umbrella machine gun, right? Yes. I, any, any, every one of his umbrellas that he used in this movie, great umbrella. Now, it. my favorite, not to jump too far ahead, but my favorite scene in the entire movie is when Penguin grabs an umbrella and just pops into a scene where Batman and Catwoman are fighting, and he says, Long Dark! And throws <laughs> his umbrella. And I just wish that, that... I think this movie would be 10 out of 10 for me if Penguin announced whatever he was doing like that before he did it every time. Oh, we laughed so hard at that part. It was so good. Yeah, it brought me back into the movie for a couple minutes. Yeah. But um, So they're wreaking havoc can't really remember what how it ends i mean batman shows up well, well right before this we're introduced to selena yes who, um, yes and she's the secretary of shrek and she's such a square well she's she's just trying you know she doesn't 
physically she is shown to be so, a woman who doesn't have everything together but she is working really hard yeah but there are jokes but she's made, forgetful well and... there's like even jokes made where she like like it's insinuated that she doesn't try very hard in her try hard enough in her appearance and no yeah. one cares about her because she's a woman mm-hmm. um so then she almost gets kidnapped or what hurt by one of these ghoul people and batman saves her yes she steals the taser yes then batman stops stuff Mm -hmm. but what happens well one one thing i just gotta point out sure when they turn on the bat symbol that's maybe the coolest part of the movie and it like reflects through his mansion and then he stands up and just looks outside Pretty iconic, pretty cool. And it's that's where you make your ten million with that look. And I gotta say, it is we we are like this is first act, but it's been like this is the first time we're finally seeing Batman. Yeah. And a lot of movie has happened. It's been like fifteen minutes. Yeah, a lot. And no Batman whatsoever. Yeah. So um Batman just fuses everything. And then what happens after that? We watched this movie so, last night and I'm already forgetting about no, it. No, no, so so um then we have like the 20 minute Catwoman segment of the movie. So okay. this is when Selena goes back to. Um, well, we should mention the apartment thing because I do think that's interesting. Go ahead. So she goes, she goes home. She's safe. Batman saves her. Um, she's in her apartment. It's all pink. She's got stuffed animals. She's very, you would, you would think based on her decor and everything that maybe she's just a little like immature. Yeah. Or like you said, like spacey and all that stuff. She has cats that just seems like she'll just take in any cat that comes off the sh- comes through her window. Um, a lot of cat puns in this movie, folks. Puns galore. Yeah. All over this movie. Which you know what? If you're gonna have a girl dressed in leather pretending she's a cat, you may as well have some cat puns. I guess. Um, but yeah, so th- it's always so funny to me, and we talked about this when we were watching it, like when a character is supposed to be a very average person and they show like where they live. I think this is actually not as bad as what I'm about to say, like her apartment, uh-huh. but it is always funny where it's like her apartment isn't that bad. Right. And it's not that gross. I mean, it's stylized because it's a Burton movie, but it's just whenever I watch a movie and it's just an average Joe family and they're still in this house that I'll never be able to afford, I can't relate to any of the problems they're going through because they're yeah. doing fine. Yeah. Um. It's it's weird, and especially in like a New York adjacent thing and just like seeing how huge her apartment is and stuff and going, our apartment in Medford where rent is way cheaper than Gotham City looks like trash compared to this place yeah it's it's just always funny but it i would say for this movie it's like who cares because it's timber oh, movie yeah, it's highly yeah. stylized whatever um she can afford a neon sign i mean she's rolling in the dough yeah but um she realizes she has to go back to the office yeah goes back shrek is there uh earlier she forgot his notes for his speech so he's already pissed but she's trying to get things together she gets into some some files that she wasn't supposed to get into Mm -hmm. shrek doesn't like her she's not working out no he threatens her i think her acting's incredible yeah and i'm not a huge michelle pfeiffer person but she's great in this movie she is I, I the second time we watched it, I was like, "What are people talking about on her performance being so good?" And this time, I was like, "She's really she's locked so, in. She's so like good. she's ri- I I really think that her and Danny DeVito are just like bringing an a, an incredible performance, and they are really like, "This is a comic book movie. I'm gonna play it like it's wild and crazy." And they're just yes, going it's for zany it. galore. Yeah. One thing I, I want to mention yeah. about her, um, I don't remember what I was going to say. I remember. Um, I always love in movies, though, and it's a great storytelling trick, is when you show someone go through their routine, and then whatever amazing thing happens to them, good or bad, then you show them go through that routine a second time. Yes, I do like that. And so she, when she goes to her apartment, she's very much um, self-deprecating and... Listening to voicemails from her, her mom, mom saying, like, you never call me. Come home for Christmas. And she, she's complaining about men never wanting her. Yeah. It's, it's, and it just seems really bad. And so then when she becomes Catwoman after Max Shrek pushes her off a building and then cats lick her to life. And yeah, that is so, and I, I, what, it's just such an interesting movie because she gets thrown out of a window. Yeah. And 
that's crazy. Like that, the way they shot that was really well done. And then all these cats descend on her, which like, I don't know. It just like all works for me. It's all great. Yeah. The thing I said about both Penguin and Catwoman is if this movie came out today, I would be so annoyed by how they became the characters because it logically doesn't track by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but it's working. But because it's 92 and the movie's so stylized and it's Burton, I'm like... I kind of like how she becomes Catwoman. I'll, I'll and let I you like, take me there. Yeah. And it, it's just, I'm always going to love, you know, a character who gets brain, <laughs> this sounds weird, a character who gets brain trauma and how that's going to affect her for the rest of the movie. It's like yeah. it, it knocked, a, it, that knocked a screw loose in her. That was already so close to being knocked loose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then throughout the movie, she gets, she keeps saying that Shrek killed me, then Batman killed me, then Penguin killed me. It's like each time she's lost a life, she gets crazier. And she keeps losing lives. You know, that's, cats have nine lives. That's great. I think they do a great job. So I yeah, mean, this ahead. is a Catwoman movie. Yeah. This is Catwoman. Um, let's talk about Batman and Bruce Wayne and Michael Keaton. Because okay. I want to hear, having rewatched these movies just now, what you think of the total package, include both movies in this, of Michael Keaton as Batman and as Bruce Wayne. Well, I did talk about it in the last episode. But but, but we have more to chew on now. Sure. Um, I like Michael Keaton as an actor. I mm. do not buy him as Bruce Wayne. But that a lot of that is just like... I, I don't think like... Like to me, like Bruce Wayne is handsome. Yeah. I do not find Michael Keaton handsome. <gasps> I think Christian Bale is a perfect Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Perfect. Like the epitome of Bruce Wayne. Michael Keaton, but I think it's a product of the time. Yeah. Don't know why guys had hair like that back then. And then also Michael Keaton looks like a villain to me. He does look but like But I think, a you villain. know, that's like, I just think of Beetlejuice. He's a very smarmy character usually in stuff. Like he's he's got quips. Yeah. And all that stuff. So I think it's really a me problem. Uh-huh. But as Batman, um, whatever. It's cool, I guess. He the the what well, that's another product of the time thing because mm-hmm. for me, Batman started when I saw Batman Begins. Yeah. So I missed all of this stuff. Therefore, it's like just not as cool to me. It's okay. cool because it's like I love the artwork. The artwork's awesome, but he physically can't do much. Yeah. There's limitations to the suit. Yeah. But um, I think a lot of it is just me. It's not he didn't do a bad job or Anything. I would have never casted Michael Keaton in it, though. Right. But like I said, I think that's just me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think the last time we watched these movies, I thought, "Wow." I I think my hot take is Keaton is a bad Bruce Wayne and a bad Batman. He's not good. But watching it this time, the Batman, it's kind of hard to tell just because of the limitations of the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think. I I I dug the Bruce Wayne this time around on both of the on both of these movies and I feel like this movie um is a good Bruce Wayne movie and a not so good Batman movie. I would agree with that, yeah. Because there's a lot of time spent with Bruce Wayne brooding and him solving it as Bruce Wayne solving what's happening and the tension between him and Catwoman actually really worked for me this time around and the scene where they're in front of the fire and they're kind of like getting to know each other more and then they're at that dance later and they realize that each other is Batwoman and Catwoman. I mean, Batman and Cat... (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying. The Bat and the Cat. Um, I think that that scene's really good and I I think the Bruce Wayne stuff is better than the Batman stuff in this movie. I agree with that. I think all the Catwoman stuff is just like to me it's just and again I'm this is an opinion it's not like I don't think anything was like done poorly yeah but to me it's just like okay yeah you're a girl you're a guy you're the main girl you're the main guy you gotta have sexual tension yeah okay it's a movie that's how it feels to me but to me I feel like they actually explore pretty in an interesting way these two people who have these dual identities and what they do with those things and how they, I mean, I, I haven't really thought it through all the way. It just felt like it hit me. Yeah, you know that's I mean? interesting. I mean, it's she's a much more powerful character than Vicki Vale. That's for yeah. sure. But, but she, 
I don't know. They're both on this weird journey, and and it's like they're they're the same person, but one of them is doing it in a righteous way, and then the other one is is doing it in a revenge way. Yeah, because because Bruce Wayne, his parents were killed for this iteration by the Joker, and her her life was ruined by Max Shrek, and his response is to fight for justice and unintentionally kill the Joker. But he did not okay. in- intend to kill the Joker and to like bring law and order. And her response is revenge. And when you pit those two up against each other, and and they also have to fight a, a different villain together, um, that's interesting. That is interesting. Well, they, I it guess is. they don't fight it together because she wants she's helping the Penguin at one point in the movie. But yeah, she, she just she wants to your, get to Max. She Shrek. is your. She's neither good nor bad character. She's not do. She's doing things legally. Yeah, obviously, but she's she's it's like penguin bad, Batman good, Catwoman <laughs> in between, penguin right down good. the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so there is a uh, 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 Max Shrek approach or, or penguin stages this um, baby getting stolen and stages that he saved the baby. Uh huh. The mayor's baby, I believe. Oh, was it? I think so. I don't know that they said. But maybe you're right. Well, that guy was giving a speech, and I think he was the mayor. Oh, I thought it was just a bystander standing beside the mayor. Anyway, no, he's it giving really a speech, and he goes to his wife, and he's like, "My wife and son." Oh, okay. You're right. You're it's right. It's the mayor. Um, so then he gets Max Shrek's attention, and he's basically saying, "I've been down there for so long, and I I want to be up here now." And I, I want he, the whole thing was for that reason, and then to also be like, I deserve to know who my parents are. Yes. So um, he and he says, you know, whatever you flush, we put on our mantle. So I know all of your deep dark secrets, Max. So he's blackmailing Max Shrek. I love that scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. Um, and so now Penguin is uh, 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 Shrek. Get, wants to make the penguin the mayor because the current mayor is not allowing him to get his power plant done. And yeah. if he has a puppet in office, then he can do what he wants. So yeah. they're pitted against each other. I I like that story. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Um, there's some weird, um, like penguin is like uh, sexually intense. Uh-huh. Uh, but sexually, I mean. He's it's, horny. You can just say that. Yeah, he's, he is. He's no good. He's yeah. no good. Um, so you're, you're jumping to the, well, he finds his parents. Let's get to that first. Yeah. Um, he, he finds his parents. They're dead. He, he has that moment where he, he announces to everyone, my name is Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. Great so, name. Come on. It. That is such a great co- comic book name. Um, so it's like he, you know, he like, this is who I am. I am a man, you know? Yeah. And then. Um, I think Shrek uses all of that publicity to to get him to get people to like him, like he is a man of the people. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah, the the scene when he's eating the fish, I have a really hard time looking at the screen. Yeah, and, and then, he's making weird, like very gross sexual comments. I mean, yeah. obviously, the movie is not siding with him, so I don't, I don't think this is like, oh, this movie should be like stricken from the record of movies or something like that. No, I think it's just um, like you. But it really makes my skin. Ugh, whenever well, I he think says it, something it almost gross. shows that like I mean, what's funny is he's been around people but he's been around uh what you like what people might think of undesirable people like yeah. circus weirdos um so now he's get in, integrating into normal society and you I think it just shows that he's not part of it yeah it's it's uh, yeah I uh, yeah <laughs> and so then Catwoman talks to him and she's like I gotta get rid of this Batman character let's team up and there's and a crazy scene. A wild, and, wild and, uh, scene. It just feels like they really were like, Danny, we need you to be horny in this movie. Go for it, buddy. Action. <laughs> and then just Michelle Pfeiffer, what she has to do is just... She has to lick her leather suit and wipe it on herself like a cat. Which, I, that's an image that may never leave my head. And I'd, I wish it would. It's weird. Um... This is, this is, I mean, I remember the first time we were watching it too, but this again, that's where the movie loses me. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay, when is this over? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I, I the the especially when we get later into the movie. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in between, but you know, it's like, what are we? Well, gonna so do? convoluted Go, too. You like? It's it's convoluted. I I think this time around, I understood the plot a lot more, and yeah. I kind of actually enjoyed the plot. But the climax of the movie is just kind of whatever. I think you got too many cooks. You got too many cooks because the the whole like ending of Penguin is really unsatisfactory uh-huh. to me. Yeah. Um, because he so he's cast out again by society, and so he goes, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna kill all the firstborns of Gotham City," mm-hmm. and that's when we have the scene where Batman and Catwoman discover that they are Batman and Catwoman, uh-huh. Bruce Wayne and uh, Selena Kyle, and then. That then he sends out an army of penguins that have rockets strapped to them to kill everyone. And then sort of inexplicably, Batman just like hacks into the radio s- signal. He's got a red button. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like poorly directed action and scripted action because they're just kind of like, here's a problem and also here's a solution. But it's it's not like in the Dark Knight where they go, you, you know, there's that... um map that he uses where he uses um cell yeah, yeah, yeah. cell uh signals yeah and it creates a map. like a frequency yeah and it's like set up at, at the beginning like in the middle of the movie and then they use it at the end and you you're it, tracking it, you, you're you tracking. build up to it but yeah. in this it's like just alfred just hacks into the radio and just jams it and it doesn't really it's very simple yeah, but, but it also like, the scene is so long for something that they're not giving oh gosh, us any attention so to. Long. I know. Because like that so what does Penguin do that Shrek's like, nah. I think it's just that people don't like him anymore. Oh, that's right. Alfred and Bruce hack into his speech and are like he's saying awful things in front of everyone of Gotham City. That's right. And Shrek just gives him Danny DeVito a look that's just like, nah. On to the next yep. person. Yep. What? That's it? That's it? I've spent 45 minutes on this <laughs> yeah. story, and that's just the end of it like that? Which, of course, like, like, like I get that that gives um, Penguin motivation to do what he does, but it is just also, like, not great. <laughs> not, not, not well written, I think. Yeah. So then it just leads to the big final showdown, which is Batman. Well, well Penguin just kind of falls through something and dies. Um, well, he, I think he's part of the explosion, I thought. Maybe yeah, not. something explodes, and then and then there's Paul bearing uh, Emperor Penguins, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Catwoman, Batman, and Max Shrek have like a showdown, kind of. And I do really like because of this whole crisis of identity with Batman, crisis of identity with Catwoman. Batman takes off his mask. Remember the first time I saw this, I was like, no, you don't do that. I, I know. I, I, I always, thing. I always think of Dark Knight when he's incapacitated and they try taking off his mask and he has the shock thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, darn it, they think of everything. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just love, I love that. And then, you know, he is saying, you know, don't kill him. It's not going to make things better. Yes. You got to believe me on this. And, and we can start a life together. We can we can get out of this together, and sh- then she kissed Tazes. She's like she well she tells him like I want that so bad, but I couldn't live with myself. Like like it's just yeah she's too far gone to yeah. have a life like that. Mm-hmm. So she gives Shrek like the kiss of death. Yeah, and she expels several of her lives as he shoots her, um, <laughs> and then he's dead. Mm-hmm. And there's a cool kind of Indiana Jones looking. Corpse. burned corpse of him which i love and then batman can't you know, find catwoman can't she's find gone. her but then the last shot of the movie is the bat signal and catwoman looking toward it and that's that's the movie i feel like we skipped over so much yeah i'm sorry no i'm not, no that's i mean i mean the like with a lot of the movies we cover you know sometimes you just have to talk about the themes and the characters no i know yeah 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 but one thing that's interesting is after this movie came out, they were like, okay, let's do it. Let's make a Catwoman movie. Let's go. And they greenlit a Catwoman movie. And then eventually it kind of gets in development hell. Oh, so at that point, and Michelle's then, just like, nah. No, she. I think she always wanted to do it. Oh. And then Ashley Judd gets on board, and she's going to huh? be Catwoman. <laughs> that's weird. And then it becomes the 2004 Halle Berry movie, Catwoman. 
So that movie w- was greenlit in 1992. That's crazy. I think, or maybe 93. They'll but never not be interesting about movies. I know. And it, it's, it is always weird being people who are not in the industry. Like, how does development hell for movies work? Yeah. You know, like, when I hear that Scorsese has a hard time making a movie, I'm like, that I don't understand that. That doesn't compute. I don't get how that's possible. Um, but he does. Steven Spielberg has a hard time making movies sometimes. And it's like, no. no. Yeah. What are you talking about? But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I almost feel like we might have to do a bonus series at some point where we cover the, the spinoff uh, villain movies from Batman. <laughs> but maybe that'd be in the future somewhere. So we, that would be like Catwoman and Joker. Huh. But You really want to do Joker. I don't want to do Joker. I just am obsessed with doing this show as, as succinct as possible. And um, you mean thoroughly, thoroughly, yes, thoroughly, and and it is, it is interesting though to have a superhero and and have two movies that are about, you know, I guess Catwoman's not really a villain. It's it's just it's strange. It's strange the legacy of Batman and his place in film history is very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, We're obsessed with making movies about it ever since these movies. Yeah. We're obsessed with it. We can't stop doing it. And and Well, how long was the gap between the last one of this run and then the Dark Knight stuff? It was a while in between those. Well, right now we're in 92 and there's two movies left. But do do these two movies come like pretty quick after? I think so. Actually, well, I could look it up right now while you cover for me as I look. Well, it's like we had a if it's true that there was quite a long break, we had a nice hiatus. That make by the time Nolan gets it, it makes sense that they're gonna reboot it. Right. So because now it's just like calm your jets. We are obsessed with it. It's actually pretty constant. Okay. So because we have ninety five as Batman Forever, and then ninety seven as Batman and Robin, and then Batman Begins. I think is ninety six. No, it's not. I'm sorry. It's two thousand and five. I meant to say 2006, but it's 2005. So it is less than 10 years after the That's last That's still Batman a long movie. time, though. Think about that. That's still a good good chunk of time. Yeah. I mean, because it has been a pretty steady flow. Because Dark Knight Rises 2012. Uh-huh. And then I think Batman v Superman 2015. So that's only three years. Yeah. And then we've had Batman since. Although we haven't really had a standalone Batman movie since the um, Dark Knight Rises. Since the Dark Knight Rises. So I, well, it yeah. will be 10 years since the last standalone Batman movie. Because uh, the Batman But is I think we've had so year. much Gotham yes. stuff oh, yes. that it's just like, oy vey, take a break. And and they just released some behind-the-scenes uh, photos from Justice League and uh, 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 Justice League After Hours or whatever that movie's called with Zack Snyder. Justice League featuring Zack Snyder, and boy, that is going to be a rough, rough movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be worse than Justice League theatrical. <sighs> it's just a, it's a doomed franchise. It really I is. Well, I mean, like with exceptions, of course, but it's just think if you think about the average of all these Batman movies, I feel like they're the average isn't that high. Well, oh, of the DC, of the DC EU Batman, yes. Oh, well, yeah. I well, think. no, I'm talking about even what we're covering. I'm not saying these movies are bad, like the Tim Burton ones. But the next two, I've I've seen the George Clooney one. It's been a really long time. Yeah. Like I I don't remember anything. Those two, I'm my expectations are basically non-existent. Yeah. And then we got the Nolan ones, which are classics for our gener. Like they're just so now we're, classics. We're five of. Nine so far batting average, or five of seven batting average that are good. Yeah, uh, uh, up to what you're talking the, about. Why? Oh, okay. So then you have those, but then you have the then you get to the DC universe, which makes it like five out of if if you're just including the movies he's in. We and won't then count I'm including Joker in that because it's just all of this Gotham stuff that yeah. we're obsessed with, and and maybe it is kind of like that the bad ones just it's a hard it's a hard. I have a hard time like overlooking the bad ones. Yeah. To focus on the good ones. What's really funny though is you actually have never seen a movie with Batfleck. Yeah. You've, and- you've only seen the one scene in Suicide Squad that he's in, which doesn't count as a Batman movie by no. any stretch of the imagination. You've just heard me rant about the movies. Not just you. I've heard like 
the world ranted yes, out. Yes, yes. Bat, bat flick. Yeah. I guess it is just when I do think about it all, it's like, no, it's not all actually that bad. I think it's just such fatigue. And when you get so fatigued, I mean, this is, was me with Marvel. Yeah. Where you get so fatigued on it, all all you can think about are the the bad ones. Yeah. But and now it's hard to remember oh, the good ones. Now we're back on. And folks, I mean, we're just doing a little extra here. WandaVision is so good. It's so good. Do By- we even need to tell them? But it, it, by now it'll be all over, and we'll be on. To and everyone's seen it. Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm very excited about. Um, but I think WandaVision. I will watch that, but I don't care about it very much. But that's the Marvel thing. Well, that's the classic you, Marvel. What's thing. funny is that's what you said before WandaVision. You were I know, just like, I know, whatever. Well, well, and then, then I they saw a trailer for WandaVision, it. and I was like, dang it! Have you watched the Winter Soldier? No. No, because the, when you were talking about Loki, I was just like, I, I, I'm getting into that mindset again, where it's just like, calm down. I don't have the energy. Yeah. And then I watched the Loki trailer and I'm like, can't wait. That's I know. I've, I have totally just come to finally back to like myself in t- 2001 when I saw Spider-Man and I was like, whatever this company is, I want to be a part of it yeah. and see everything. And I am totally coming back around to that where I'm just like, just give me more Marvel. I just want more Marvel all the time. And I'm reading the comic books all the time and I just love it so much. But I don't overlook the issues. And I'm not... I, I, th- I think I have a hard time not fixating on them. That's It's a, yeah. all a me problem. That's the that's, no, that's okay. what I'm getting from this episode. But if but if you go back and listen to our Marvel episodes, you're pretty positive on most of them. I know. Yeah, I think I think you're you're great at reviewing Marvel. Hmm. But um, yeah. So folks, next week we're going to be covering Batman Forever, and that's Val Kilmer, right? I don't know. I, I think I, I so. think that one's Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. Um, I remember seeing Jim Carrey as that Riddler. Okay. And then, of course, next week, we're going to announce what series we're going to do in between this Batman and Nolan's Batman. So you're going to want to stick around for that. But thank you for listening. This This month on Patreon, we're covering uh, Zoolander 2. And um, I I will have released, like, some more music on Patreon and some music videos and stuff on Patreon. Please sign up, patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W and help us get this room soundproof because this was an uncomfortable episode physically. My my back hurts. All right, we're going to see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Micah Jordan Leather Bad, bad.